easy. Two basic steps. Ye needs to be high pitched, loud as hell. The ha has to be like you just smashing your schnuts in the door jam. The end product should be something like. Hello, hello. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the least listened to episode of My Beautiful Dark Listed Fantasy. Today we are covering a rather underground record. That's a lie. It won a Grammy. It's huge. It's pretty big. I'll tell you what, out of all the records we've done so far, they're all just like, they're for bloody rednecks. Like all of them. Like Even like That's Taylor so Swift is like a redneck album. It, it kind of is. She's from Nashville. Yeah. This one, this one takes a cake. Even deeper. <laughs> Let's get low. Unlike our voices. No. This no. is deep. You've got the low setting on. <laughs> no, <laughs> the high pitched. Um, right, so, first off, what do you think of my hair, mate? Uh, yeah, Dan spoiling a new lid today. Goes with this whole love and peace uh, vibe. Peace and love. Peace and love vibe. It's got a silver. Yeah, it's like a silver silvery tin. fox yeah, look. Silver fox. I'd say, kind of like yeah. Lineker. I was going for Lineker match of the day. Yeah. A set, yeah, a sort of aged connoisseur of music. Well, this album aged me <laughs> <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. 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 And uh, the title and artist is Car Wheels on a Gravel Road by Lucinda Williams from 1998. Thoughts? Well, should we do some first, first impressions? Because, I mean, yeah. we've been doing first impressions. I think what we should call that is actually yeah. sort of go like, Going in, like going into it, what did we what did we know about? Did we know anything about it? Hold on. So you want to change the title first, first impressions, impressions for first right, no, no, listen to so me. You're pitching no. it and you're like, I want to change the title for the first impression section too. <laughs> I just give a bit of going into it and not knowing what you were going to. No, because first impression sort of implies that we've listened to it and then we've gone with our first impressions. Yeah, true. I, I'm I talking about unknown, up. like going in, like yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Initial thoughts. I think we should just go with initial yeah, thoughts. You've nailed it. Initial thoughts. So initial thoughts. What 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 did you? Uh, um, that's about it. <laughs> it's uh, I was so ambivalent towards this album. Yeah, I think because I was curious. It looked like a nice Definitely. little homey homely record. Homely <laughs> coming up with that word. It works. Um, but at the same time, it was it was uh, it was the same kind of feeling as the band. Yeah, you know, it was just like kind of like the kind of cover music art, like. and that was all I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really didn't have anything to go off with it, so yeah, I wasn't looking forward to it. I quite was, you know, because I Wait. I knew that this was because we've had some crap. Well, we've had some. <laughs> we've had a little bit. Uh, if you listen to last episode, but yeah, I was quite looking forward uh, to this because I I had a feeling it was going to surprise us. Yeah, and I think it kind of did. You it know? did. Yeah, it did. Good. Me too. Yeah. Well, uh, this it came out in 1998, and it won Grammy, the Grammy, sorry, for... <laughs> it won, Grammy. won the won. Grammy for Best Contemporary Folk Album. Yeah. And uh, to give listeners sort of a flavor of uh, previous winners, uh, you've got Tracy Chapman with a sort of legendary uh, self-titled album, uh, along with uh, Bob Dylan, uh, Robert Plant's solo efforts. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a category that I don't really pay attention to. Um, no, I, at the Grammys. I, it's one of those ones. Um, I can't remember. It was, it was like a band like a couple of years back. 
forget that because I can't remember what the song right, so right, we'll move on. Right, we'll move uh, Yeah, a little bit of more uh, information on the 98 Grammys. Um, it's actually a great year for female artists. Right. Uh, it's actually known as the year of the women. Um, yeah. Because you had this winning um, in the folk category. And you also had Lauren Hill with the yeah. Miseducation. Took home five Grammys that year. Jeez. The first time a rap album or hip hop album ever won a Grammy. She um, basically it was there were a lot of isn't it, there were other examples of females winning that year, but yeah, I don't think since then, um, or at least not in the nineties, had they ever seen uh, female success at the no, Grammys like this. No. And this no. is a this I'm glad this won because I think this is a great album. Yeah, it is. It is a great album. It's uh, I think that it's kind of like an amalgamation. Yeah, she was 45 when she made this. Nice word. Which is uh, you said it right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't describe what I meant though, did I? <laughs> um, She's 45 when she made this and it was like, I think it was her fifth studio album. Yeah. And so there was a lot of like experience before she did this. It was, it wasn't like, you know, an off the cuff debut that came out and did incredibly well. This is like a really well-crafted piece of work. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got some information on her. Yeah. So as to what crafted this album in the yeah, first Yeah, yeah, please, please. So quote, Williams was born a Rolling Stone. I, I read um, that as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got more respect than to include that in this podcast because it's so cliche. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I've quoted it. I've, I've not stolen that. I've quoted it. Um, so her father was a poet um, and a college professor. Um, and she traveled around lots of southern towns, went to Chile, went to Mexico. Nice. Um, and she got expelled from New Orleans High School, or one New Orleans High School. There isn't just a general New Orleans yeah, yeah. High School. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, for refusing to stand for the pledge of uh, civil rights activists and union workers. Fair enough. Um, That's pretty extreme. Yeah. To get expelled for that. Yeah, yeah I think wow. it was in Vietnam. Okay. Sorry. Pledge of Allegiance in protest of Vietnam. Of course. Right. Um, wow, that is quite backwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And from there... Her father instead bore a hundred books that he thought were the greatest of all time. Yeah. She read through them all um, and then got into contact with greats like Allen Ginsberg mm -hmm. and uh, Charlie Bukowski oh, and Flannery O'Connor. You know Bukowski. You know, I really familiar. don't know much of Bukowski. He was the one out of the three I didn't really know I very know much about. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Just testing you. Um, um, yeah, and um, basically... I think became a writer before she became a singer, basically. Started writing okay. in that in that kind of mold. I didn't actually and, know this. Um, it's very interesting. All right, cheers, mate. Cheers. Uh, and uh, there was actually a quote which I really s felt summed up this album, how it felt. Okay, yeah. Like, in terms of influences. Uh, Ro um, Pitchfork said, she was galvanized by Bob Dylan. Yeah, he's a hero. Um, William's songwriting evoked his poetic ambition. Uh, her her poetic ambition, Bruce Springsteen's every every people and Joni Mitchell's confessionalism. Yeah. It's like a combination of all yeah. the three, which kind of resonated really well. I thought it's so, so confessional. Yeah. Um, um, did you know they actually went on tour uh, to promote this album, her and Dylan? I didn't know that. Yeah, ninety uh, eight. Dylan, we we love like you know just <laughs> talking about the people Dylan. And we knew. will just say Dylan because we know him like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob Dylan. We're about we're about a year and a half off any of his albums, so 
we are. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, also, I don't know if you picked up on any of the producers that worked on the album with her. Steve O, Max Mine. <laughs> if only. <laughs> oh, if only. Um, this would be all over TikTok. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Steve Earle, he was an instrumentalist. He played a lot of the um, the instruments on the album, including yeah. the mandolin, harmonica. Uh, nice. And he was uh, heavily influenced, and if you read this, by sort of 90s hip-hop stuff. I did read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Dre's The Chronic. Uh, I didn't see a lot of that in this album, I can't lie. Did you? No, I didn't. Um, He's also got his own stuff, though. So maybe I didn't listen to any of his stuff, but he's got loads of records. Yeah, I, I didn't hit when I read that. I was a bit like, where's that then? Yeah, because yeah, I wasn't yeah, hearing same, anything same. from that. Um, apart from the one title of the one song, which is called like Too, too Cool. I oh, will get too, into that. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah he, he, we'll he's also collaborated with uh, legends like Johnny Cash. Yeah. And for you longtime listeners, Eleven Helm of the band. Really? Easter egg, yeah. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice yeah. uh, MBDLF Easter egg <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, so three eps in, we've got, we've got some lore. We do. Um, right. That's basically uh, what I've got. Uh, that is, that is Go pretty in. much all I've got for context. Cool. Um, I think it's just important to note the main point here is that, because a lot of the songs you'll listen to, if you do listen to this album, will be, they're like episodic, they're like stories, like little like glimpses into things that, uh, you know, have gone on throughout her life. Yeah, um, quite personal. Yeah, and I think you've got to look, look at it from the perspective she's looking at it. You know, she's looking back as a 45-year-old on her life. Yeah. And uh, that kind of, when I, when I read that she was 45, I was like... It does give a completely like, new perspective yeah, on yeah, it, like it? it it's she's like, lived so long. Yeah, and, and all these, these stories. Yeah. They're real stories. Like, she talks about them, like, openly in interviews. They are all real stories about real people and they're just you know obviously um well told yeah and interesting cool so should we go into track one yeah let's do it uh or should we talk about the cover art i think we, we should oh. do that last episode yeah because it was so <laughs> unmemorable so bad <laughs> should, uh, we, should we just cut, touch on the cover art for last episode so we don't so we keep it consistent yeah go on then so taylor swift's red cover art is um, oh, i mean it's so bad um it's just it's just like her in a shirt yeah a, a hat on i believe a hat on yeah kind of a cowboy vibes yeah she's got cowboy Ten vibes gallon. going yeah um and she's got red lipstick <gasps> i didn't notice that. oh shit of course my mind the meaning the meaning hold on can you the meaning there she's got red lipstick and it's called red we can't ignore that oh, you can't ignore that and that's gonna boost the score up for me from to at least a 0. 0.5 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, if you're colorblind, it's it's a zero. But if uh, if, if you've it, maybe never seen art, <laughs> <laughs> you might be impressed with this cover art. <laughs> right? Yeah. Car wheels in a gravel road. Cover art. What are we saying? It it literally, it, it, I mean, it invokes exactly what the album sort of feels. It takes you. It transports you to the yeah to the south, doesn't it? It's not complicated. It's simple. That's a lyric. Uh, <laughs> one. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's not amazing. I don't think I don't, I quite like the fact that it's taking it dusk, taking it dusk. Yeah. Um, because the color, just the color alone, sort of invokes blueness. Right, sad. Yeah. Like Taylor, Taylor had that sort of level with her colors. 
Yeah, I think we, she might have had an album, but sorry, yeah, we'd still be talking now. We're still talking still about talking it. About she's about living it. in our heads rent free. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, I like I like get? the cover art. Um, I feel like the graininess before that whole you know graininess became, became cool, cool and cliche and yeah. whatever it is now. It it was doing exactly the job it was meant to do in the first place. It's like invoke that nostalgia. And like nothing else on the front cover takes away from the graininess or the picture. It's just like a picture. Yeah. It's so simple. It's so un unextraordinary. Mm -hmm. And that's just, I think it suits it. I do as well. I think it's really nice. Yeah. Um, also, I think that it's not Dylan. No, it's no Dylan. <laughs> I'll give it a, I'll give it a, a six, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'll give it about six or seven. Six, yeah. I don't want to be too kind. Okay, I mean, it doesn't blow my mind, but it's nice. Okay. It's nice. Uh, awful. Um, awful analysis. Five star review, please, <laughs> on Apple Podcasts for comments like that. It's nice. <laughs> um, so track one, right in time. Reach over and turn off the Yeah, uh, thoughts on this one? Well, I, I like I liked it. I I really liked it actually. Yeah. Um, just to open it, it's just showed uh, for listeners that haven't perhaps haven't heard the song. It's Lucinda recalling like lonely nights, uh, trying to fight off a desire to uh, masturbate over her uh, ex lover or maybe a lover she's in a relationship with, and she's fighting off the urges, but eventually she gives in. Um, and I think that the verses, it's, it's for 98, for 1998 as well, the fact that she's a female artist and she won the Grammy for this, yeah. it's quite a brave track. I can't think of too many. I mean, you've got WAP today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are, you, are you calling this a 90s I'm calling this 1998 WAP. WAP. <laughs> um, That's a WAP, boys. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's brave. And uh, I'll just keep going. I really like the way that she, I don't know if you noticed in the verses, but there's this steadily rising note. Um, yeah. I think it's from a rock organ, um, yeah. just sort of behind, behind the and during the verses, it's slowly building this note, and it's sort of building tension, almost sexual tension. And right. When the chorus hits, it's almost as if she's sort of giving into that tension, which what is what the song. Yeah, because there is that kind of like, it's like this. It's almost like the second verse when she's like describing, like you know, when she's, you know, laying down on a bed. Yeah. Uh, Moaning at the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. That whole like section, it's like it comes at a point in the track where there's like a release. Do you know what I mean in yeah. the instrumentation? Yeah, it, I see what you mean about it, like building up to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that is. Um, I liked it as well. I thought it was a great track. I thought, um, I thought it was a nice, sweet opener. That's what I have. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, it's got a really like nostalgic feel. Like I really like the way she makes like this really like these really uninteresting stories well not uninteresting but like really like personal um you well, know mundane uh, isn't it mundane stories it like yeah. really interesting and like standing in the kitchen yeah those kinds of lyrics but they're like they evoke you know you know images you've had of like yeah. being there in that position and stuff like that and she, i think she she does it really well i think mainly because 
with her voice, it sounds like she's not actually trying to like. It's it feels very homely. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not like she's trying to sing well. She just like sings the song. Yeah, I I do get that. You get yeah, me. Yeah, I know what you yeah, mean. Okay. It's right. good. Right. It's a good track. It's a good track. Um. Yeah. Again, rave track. I think. Um. Given its context, I mean, yeah. I can't think of many songs about a female masturbation. masturbation. Um, I mean, men rap about it all the time, probably in the 90s, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I, I can't don't think mean, of... Yeah. yeah. And this is this is great. Um, next track? Or do you uh, want to say the anything? The title track. No, yeah. no, this is, uh, yeah, we'll go on to the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is Car Wheels on a Gravel Road. In the kitchen, the house of Macon. Loretta's singing on the radio Smell of coffee, eggs and bacon, car wheels on a gravel road What do you what do you think, mate? Um first thing I got was I could feel the nineties production in this. It sounded like a nineties track, you know what I mean? Right. Something you'd hear on like the radio. Yeah. I'm I wasn't a lie, mate. Well, you, were. <laughs> you were. You were. You were a year old <laughs> in the nineties. <laughs> but this is how I imagine it, um, and I thought it was a a really great continuation from the last one. Um, one thing I picked up on it. Uh, obviously, you've got this refrain she keeps coming back to with car wheels and a gravel road. Yeah, you know, it's this image, and it's like pinned in between all these references. Um, to these really like homely images she has. Like it's almost like she's pinning together um memories around that one of, of those car gre- wheels turning up on the gravel road. Like that's the first thing she thinks of and then it all comes flooding back to her. It's almost the first thing I think of now. Like when I'm listening to this album as well. I know yeah, it's the name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised. Also, I also like... couldn't get this out of my head the whole week. Really? Honestly, I thought it was really catchy. Yeah, I don't know if it's because it's the title of the album or not, like you just said. But yeah. I literally would just say, "Come on, yeah. so I'll stop again." Uh, but uh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't stop really singing it to myself. Yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I couldn't get that line out of my head. Um, not necessarily like the sung line, but just okay. the image of like car wheels on a gravel road. Just like the, the fact that it's the name of the album as well. Yeah, it sums up um, everything about it so well it really does it is the title track for yeah. a reason it must yeah. be it has to be the title track and like checking out the um the song uh before i actually went into the album i feel like it was a mistake on my part because i I read the lines uh house in macon loretta's singing on the radio smell of coffee eggs and bacon yeah and i thought shit like, <laughs> this is a simple song this yeah, is this yeah. is not what i i'm looking i'm not looking forward to this album but now again, thinking about it, and I was listening to it, I was like, she's painting like a simple picture. There's no metaphors. There's no real clever like double entendres no. with that. It's just it's honest, a strikingly simple image of a car wheel on a gravel road that sort of immediately transports you to the deep south. And I yeah. think of, and her past, and I think of like Breaking Bad or Ozark that I've recently yeah, watched, yeah. and I just, yeah. it takes me there. Because yeah. there's... There must. There's how many shots in those films? This is such waffle. Bro. Yeah, no, you no, see it's like true, car wheels true, going yeah, on a gravel no. road. You do. Yeah, and it's, and it's an, like such a unmemorable shot that you will remember if someone tells you about it. If you know yeah, what I mean, like definitely. it's like one of those things that just sums up exactly. You know, you could place where it is. Yeah, if you saw it. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, 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 one thing I did think about this was, and I read it on, uh, the, the 
Pitchfork review as well. They mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned a different part of the song though. But they, um, you know, when we were saying before about like the influence of like uh, Dr. Dre. Oh yeah. On this. Um, like, like the chronic. Yeah. Yeah. Steve yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and one thing that they were mentioning was like rap plosives. Okay. Like in the way that people rap and they can like, um, they emphasize certain words or make something sound like what they're describing, like phonetically. If you understand what I, I mean. get it. And one thing she does on this, when she's first, the first couple of times she sings car wheels on a gravel road, she like really draws out the, the vowels. Wheel, the wheel, car wheels. So it's like, yeah. uh, it's like really draws yeah, them out. That's really clever. Uh, as if they're like, like coming to a, coming to a halt. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. Interesting one. Uh, I also picked up on a few lyrics, which I really liked. Yeah. Um, it's about her childhood and she's um, telling us how um, it, the lyrics are low hum of voices in the front seat. And uh, I took two meanings from this because clearly I think yeah. it's the image of her as a child sitting in the back of a car, um, hearing voices maybe muffled in the front seat, maybe two. And I've got two meanings. One was two adults are like keeping their voices low to argue or talk about something that they don't want their daughter to hear. Yeah. Because they might be in the middle of a divorce or something horrible. Yeah. Or perhaps uh, like the child in question is just so numb to the experience that she's just putting a subconscious like filter on it. Yeah. It's a form yeah. of escape. So it's like the low the, um, the low hum of voices um, yeah. coming from the front seat, which I thought, I don't know if she meant it, but I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. It's a nice yeah. image. Cheers, yeah. mate. It's a serious <laughs> waffle there. God, we are. We really are pushing the boat. This uh, now, this next one features Lil Dirk. Question: uh, <laughs> Too cool to be forgotten. With two, spelt the number two. Um, yeah. Do you want to kick us off yeah. this one? Yeah. Two K double O L, the <laughs> number two B, the number four gotten. So like either Williams here is like desperately trying to be down with the tech savvy kids of like Cali, or her thirteen year old daughter like hacked the album formatting because it just doesn't work for me. I don't, <laughs> don't like it. It's I don't so peculiar. Like, I don't get it. Like everything on this album is so honest, and then it's like. This forty-five-year-old drunk like, texting, text, yeah. text, <laughs> drunk texting, like the third track. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Thoughts on this one? I thought it was quite nice. It wasn't my favorite. No. Um, it depicts a series of photographs taken by this photographer called the Duke Joint Collection, um, which are all captured in this uh, Mississippi musical. Right. Um, and I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, she's talking about. Each photo is like given a different verse to each couple of photos. You can find them online. Yeah. And they do fit with uh, what she's talking about. Um, the metaphors. Uh, the also leads into sort of like a eulogy to uh, weirdly I found because I mean, it's got nothing to do. I understand maybe she's going down a memory road and then she's remembering uh, her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, but it turns into a eulogy towards her ex-boyfriend near the end. Uh, right. Clive Woodward. Did you read about him? No. Uh, well, you're in I've trouble. I've missed a lot of this on this track. It's fine, mate. Yeah. To be honest. Um, yeah. She was uh, 
So she had a boyfriend for a back, bit of background. She had a boyfriend, um, not sure what year. Anyway, they broke up and they, they kept in touch. But he eventually uh, died of liver poisoning Yeah, a few years later. And uh, so the lover she's praying over is Clive Woodward. And she writes about him a lot on this album. Um, and I'm guessing when the lyrics, when he says, he asked me, baby, would you jump in the water with me? Yeah, I told him no, baby. That's your own death. You see, I feel like it's a metaphor of him drowning his sorrows with alcohol, and that's the thing that eventually killed him. I thought it's quite clever, um, and quite sad, but I didn't really fit in with the rest of the song because the rest of the song was quite happy, yeah. just telling stories about this bar. I didn't really understand. It was a bit misplaced for me. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think there is like a charm to that. Like putting the, those two things together. It's just a shame she didn't change up the instrumentation on it. Like when it had that like darker moved. turn yeah. to it. Yeah. Because it does feel like, you know, it does sum up like being in like a bar and like, you know, just like being drunk. Yeah. I got that vibe from yeah, it. Yeah, you do get that vibe. Like it's so like, it's almost like a bit rowdy. Like the instrumental's a bit rowdy. Um, but like, yeah, I just I just feel like it missed a trick on on changing that up. But I I felt like it, again it just made like the monotonous stuff really interesting, mm-hmm. um, and I I just think on this one like her voice right laughing no no her <laughs> voice I was just because I just looked at my notes and I've got written here her voice is like gravy I like, like it, it. Has that like beefiness like, but ox, it's real oxo. smooth <laughs> yeah <laughs> granules yeah it's like it's, it's quite like, granulated that bloody works it works Holy it shit. works i'm telling you because it's like you know when people are like oh her voice is like um what do they say I, now? <laughs> <laughs> all these chats you've had with genius lyric annotators uh, <laughs> in the comments in the comments of genius lyrics you know what they say uh hi guys so you know when they say uh that her voice is like um smooth milk <laughs> what is it like what's the word you know what i mean <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, I wish it's I like, did. No, but I do know what you mean. Yeah, but I can't, but think, I, of yeah, but I can't think of the word. Molasses would they be nice. Said, Molasses. So I've heard that on an MF Doom album. Her uh, voice is like... Like soft molasses on your asses. It's just lyrics. No, no. But, but you know what molasses is? You know what molasses is? No. It's really thick treacle, but it's really sweet. So it actually oh, works quite well see. with what you're saying. It's quite. It's aged treacle. That's a really nice line. Yeah. That's a nice MF Doom is pretty good. I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> He's not in the top 100, though. No. Wild card. Uh, Spoiler. Moving back to the ones we're less interested in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Drunken Angel. Let your hand remember every fret. Fingers touching each shiny string. But you let go of everything. Drunken Angel. As I sip my beer uh, <laughs> and try not to. When burp. I think about this, um, I always think about Dan when he gets a bit too tipsy on a night. I'm just like, <laughs> needs to stop. No, I'm joking. <sighs> Sorry, Dan's parents. He's Again, he's just attacking me, and I hope they don't listen. Uh, <laughs> they really do. Um, I like this track. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right, track five. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's what yeah. we've got. It's nice. Have you got I anything like this else, track. mate? I'd nice. love it if you did. Yeah. To save Recalls me. the death of a talented guitarist. It does. In this one. Um, Blaze Foley. There's one lyric his name. I really liked. Yeah. That's his name. Cool. 
was getting on to that Sorry, one. Sorry, mate. <laughs> um, there's a couple of lines I really liked. Could have held on to that long, smooth neck. Let your hand remember every fret. Fingers touching each shiny string, but you let go of everything, drunken angel. Yeah. I thought that was like I so... I picked up on those as well. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well done, Dan! <laughs> this well is going Dan. off the well rails, done, mate. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, this is off the rails right now. I, think. Uh, I like this. I like this lyric. I thought it was like um, really intimate with the guitar. Yeah, you know? same. You're a guitar player, right? Uh, yeah, I dabble, I dabble. Yeah. Uh, year three, Miss uh, Miss Grieve. Actually, we got a we got a guitar here. Why don't you give us a Grieve. tune? Uh, Why don't you give us a tune? Well, I would if Miss Grieve hadn't crushed my spirit. Uh, Why would she and say? And my pinky finger. You must hit that fret, Isles. You must. <laughs> Couldn't. I strum that power chord, Isles. <laughs> I was plucking uh, three wise men, so <laughs> I definitely didn't need to. Um, yeah, and then there's another one later on, which was followers would cling to you, hang around just to meet you. Some threw roses at your feet and watched you pass out in the street. Just thought it was like really a really nice, nice one about like a really sad disconnect between human and celebrity. Like yeah. they literally follow him everywhere. And then as soon as he passes out on the street, they just like watch him. Don't help him out. You could um, see that happening though, couldn't you? You definitely could, yeah. It's almost like the it's like the time before video phones. Uh, yeah, fans showed their their like adoration in a, dif- a different way, and maybe even more crazy way because they had no wall between them. Like yeah, the physical wall of the phone. Yeah, but they'd go so far as to just throw things at you. Oh, that is yeah. waffle, right? That is waffle. Um, because where where's that come from? Can we just uh, right? If I don't, if I can't cut this from the podcast. That just ignore what that man just said. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it had nothing to do with what I said. I thought it did. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I said I got my notes. I think this is a beautifully tragic song of longing and mourning. Um, yeah. For one of her inspirations, because Blaze Foley, the guy, was a musician. He was also a poet, country yeah. singer as well. Um, and he was murdered uh, by one of his friend's sons. How crazy is that? Uh, after a drunken brawl outside of a bar. Um, which is horrible. And I think uh, it's sort of an anthem, not just for him, but for all the senseless deaths of like, talented musicians and misunderstood yeah. artists who go to, whose, whose life goes to waste to um, alcohol or anything. And I think that's almost another theme, like a sub-theme of this album. Well, alcoholism. Alcoholism, alcoholism 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is like Drunken Angel is about the loss of talent to alcohol. Yeah, I think, yeah, it definitely is. I think what she does so well in this album, and like, yeah, I agree. I actually agree with that. The harmonica on this slaps. Yeah. Um, I love the way it's (laughs) auto-tuned. And like, yeah, no, I'm not joking. It's not, it didn't exist then. One thing I would say on this album, she's so good at at like, um, I'm gonna gonna say immortalizing the people who have died. Right. That she's talking about, you know, she, she, Describes death so well. She talks about death in such a poetic way. Yeah. She immortalizes the people she's talking about. Like th- this guy is immortalized in this song in such a, a like a really beautiful way. Yeah. It's the same later on with like Lake Charles. There's another one where yeah. there's another. It's about Clyde. Death. Clive. Shit. Um. The the boyfriend. Yeah. The ex boyfriend. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we'll get onto that later. But I totally agree with that, mate. Yeah. It's really good. Good. Um. Because I mean, I I won't forget. It's quite a like this song in particular, and now I've now I've not only have I heard the song and it's quite it's quite catchy, 
yeah. it's also I had to I looked up on like about Foley and his background and it 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 led me to do that because I like the song. Yeah. Which yeah. is the immortalization that you're on about. Yeah, exactly. I mean people are still like right, have I validated you enough there, mate? Just about. <laughs> Just about. I mean, I'm gonna need a lot of it on this because <laughs> the amount of waffle that's coming out of my mouth to keep up the podcast time on this one. To hit one hour. <laughs> gonna need some validation. We're being harsh on Lucinda. This is a good album. Yeah, um, no, it is it is great. <laughs> it really is. It is great. Uh five. Concrete and barbed wire. Concrete and barbed wire. Concrete and barbed wire. Concrete and barbed wire. It's only made of concrete and barbed wire. What thoughts on this? Um, it's alright. I didn't really like it. It's all right. as a song. I didn't really like it. Yeah, I, the message. I tried to. Go on. It's a bit wishy-washy, isn't it? I mean, I, I I think there are beautiful aspects to it. Yeah. And I just... Also, I couldn't get over some of the country cliches. And, like, if we haven't mentioned before, this is a country folk album and with a bit of rock in it as well. Quite a lot of rock. I mean, I've, I've, had, I've slayed off country before. I really can't get into it Yeah. as a as a genre. <clears throat> like, there's, there's some seriously awful backup singing uh, from this bloke on this. And it sounds like... I, I, on my notes, I've got... Tell that backup singer to pipe down. Sounds like he's had a tra- a tracheo- tracheostomy and is singing out of a hole in his neck. <laughs> Which might be harsh. It's kind of good. Uh, yeah, I quite like that. But I mean, uh, it might be harsh, but I didn't enjoy him. He really just cut through and ruined the song. I don't know if you caught up that this was about... You know, I, I read on Genius, right, that this right. song is about the fall of the Berlin Wall. Yeah, it is, yeah. I don't think it is. No, I think it is. I don't think, I think it, it is because she came out and said it was. So you've been done, man. You've been done. Seriously? Yeah, she did say it was, but it's the fact Eight it's years set. Late. It's set Actually, in a different place. It's set in um, Louisiana, no, in, Missouri or something. No, like that. it is. It, there's mentions of Louisiana. It is Louisiana. There's a mentions of a place called Algiers, which is like a French district uh, of New oh, Orleans. Oh, they mention okay. Yeah, and like, so I when I first listened to, it, I was like, well, this clearly is wrong. I did some research, did some research, like some of us should have done. And uh, it came out that she she did actually write this about the Berlin Wall. But I think she kind of set it in the scenery of the album. Because this whole this whole album is about location. It's about mm. how many times did she name drop a different spot of the South? So many. Like, there's one song which is like repeated verse with different place in the South. Like, it's as simple as that. Yeah. So I think like she was just trying to place the same feelings that were you know felt after the aftermath of the Berlin Wall, and uh, and and put them in her setting, um, which was in Louisiana. So yeah, the reason I question that it's about the Berlin Wall is because I read the lyrics and all I really got was about jail, and I think it's quite beautiful, um, actually, the way that she's talking about this lover that's in jail. Yeah. She can't quite reach, and she's clearly panging over. Um, and um, it's sort of about the very fabric of co- concrete and barbed wire, which might might seem quite like obvious. Obviously, is the name of the song, but it's quite um, philosophical because she's so she's almost questioning like what 
what is this this war between us um this concrete and barbed wire what the very fabric of reality she's questioning in yeah. sort of an existential um cry and i didn't see anything to to do with the berlin wall i don't know yeah. i thought it was just bollocks on genius but, clearly uh, yeah. i'm wrong because no, she admitted no, it to be honest i wouldn't i wouldn't have got that but obviously the whole location thing does kind of yeah set exactly it in place yeah like the south and also i one thing that took away from it for me was these incessant um repetition of concrete and barbed wire i feel with songs that are about one specific subject like this is about um concrete and barbed wire i think yeah. maybe the less you say about that subject the better whereas this sort of overkills it the whole hook she repeats it like three times concrete and barbed wire and uh, i th kind of think it disconnects um and sort of deletes some of the impact um the subject might have on the listener yeah i i completely agree with that because like it's got to be one of the most like unpoetic phrases like concrete and barbed wire yeah, it's so it like it's just so jarring um and it's not like you know they're in sat in the studio being like right guys you know like verse then refrain verse refrain <laughs> and every time we're going to just come back to concrete and the barbed wire because it's just so like uninteresting as but not uninteresting but just like not it makes it uninteresting, I think. It does. Maybe it does, yeah. There's a potential yeah. for it to be really Save impactful. There, yeah, I've saved you, actually. Yeah, you've um, saved me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of that one. Yeah, because move on. We've got we've got Lake Charles next, which yeah. um, is all my favourites. And how do you close take away So do you, want, do you want to give us some... Well, I mentioned at the end of um, the text of the thon 1990s hit, uh, Too Cool To Be Forgotten, yeah. um, that it kind of becomes a eulogy for an ex-lover. And this is a continuation of that when it sort yeah. of dives into the details of their relationship. Um, it's her and uh, Clyde Woodward. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get back to... Um, let's get back to uh, the football. And uh, that was horrific. Um that, that score last night, wasn't it, mate? Um, yeah, just come a on. bit of we, background. Uh, no, just some Man background. United. United just lost 3-2 to Leipzig. Um, we're all gutted about it. I'm now a Spurs fan. <laughs> uh, which Dan... No, I'm not. I'm not. But, um, um, yeah. Anyway. It's a sad times. But anyway, it's, it's, this, it's sad and this is a sad song about a past love that she describes so beautifully. She goes into detail about these different places that they visited. Yeah. Like um, Lafayette and Baton Rouge describing their, their love and their, their, their relationship came to an end. And unfortunately, after that, he passed away from liver poisoning. Mm. And um, I think I mentioned that alcoholism was a, was yeah, a, it's it's a, a theme of this album, theme, 100%. Yeah. And this is literally the pinnacle of that. Uh, he, he, she, um, he, he died in her arms um, after, the, after the poisoning um, took over him. And I mentioned the lyrics are about uh, lake charles which is a a, char a a lake that they frequented as lovers and i noticed the the metaphor about him drowning obviously him drowning in alcohol and that being eventually yeah. the thing that killed him I, I think it's quite beautiful yeah i thought it was really sweet um i think sweet it's kind of well no it's respectful no in the way that it's 
I think the way the way as you said, it's it like a sweet. eulogy, right? Right, um, and you know, it's really easy to uh, zoom out when you're thinking about a eulogy and think about like all you know, oh, he was a great person, yeah, and all this and like, but like she in the first uh, in the first um, verse, the line is she's talking about um, how. He was actually from a different place, but he always used to tell people he was from Lake Charles, right? Um, because and he was no, he was he came from nowhere near that, but he, he always whenever he used to meet people, uh, okay, even when Amazing. they knew who he was, he would always be like, "Listen, I'm from Lake Charles," and um, he's so sad. But yeah, but so it's poetic. like it's like it's like he felt he found belonging in Lake Charles, um, but he didn't have that where he was from from home, and I just thought that that as the memory that she had of him as like this almost like um it's like undermines him in a way that's like you know oh he couldn't he didn't really like where he was from but it's also at the same time it's like really heartwarming in the way that he found a home somewhere which wasn't his home and you know he made a life for himself because i think this is a perfect what i was going to say yeah there's that throughout another theme throughout this album is this sense of rootlessness yeah like not belonging yeah. anywhere and he belongs to lake charles I think this album is also about finding home in people and places that you love. Yeah. And that's exactly what he does on this album. Yeah, this, no, this, exactly, uh, exactly. Song. And the fact that it's called Lake Charles as well. Yeah. The fact that it just comes back to that point that, you know, this place that he was not from at all and it, it was where he felt home. And then um, going on to the chorus, there's it's probably one of my favourite lyrics on the album. She says, Did an angel whisper in your ear and hold you close and take away your fear in these long-lasting moments? Which I just thought was so beautiful mainly because one she he died in her arms yeah and she is the angel in this image who's whispering in in his ears he passes away i just thought it was just like really close uh to people like just so close to the human condition yeah and to the soul like this idea that you come into the world and you're alone and you hope that when you die that you're not alone and you've got people around you and he dies with her right right next to him whispering in his ear um and in the same way it's so heartbreaking because obviously liver poisoning is such, is a really long and painful like death painful death yeah and yeah. the fact that she says in those long last moments it's like it's not that like fleeting like you're dead kind of thing yeah god i've killed it be so lucky that. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like these really drawn out long real feelings of death um, and she's right there with him the whole way. I just thought it was such like a powerful song. It emphasizes her poetic prowess, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's incredible. You can't like, ignore it. Like that, and the pers the personalism in the first in the first uh, um, verse. Yeah, I just think just so beautiful. Really sums up what she was trying to say on this track. I just felt it was communicated. And really I think well. it, it's also great because there's other songs like this that detail relationships. Um, I think of classics like Keen, somewhere only we know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's similar. Yeah. Um, but I think this is like another level of poetry that she interweaves into the song, uh, that takes it to the next level. Which is why I love this album. Yeah, it's it's just it's just her. It's really did you personal. Ever used to, did you have SingStar too on I PS2? Didn't, no. Because somewhere only used to sing we know. Song. No, somewhere only oh. we know. I used to belt. Couldn't quite hit the uh, the low note. Really? Yeah, but now Bacon I reckon now, I could. Bacon now. Right, uh, Christmas special. <laughs> We're getting Sing Star in. 
for MBDLF. If anyone's got a PS2 knocking about. Yeah, just or bring it Or a PS5, in. please. Or a P- <laughs> Oh my God. If Dan gets a PS5, expect this podcast to end. Uh, you, um, yeah, you'll be in the title of the bloody pod, mate. You'll be a legend. Uh, <laughs> right, let's move we're on. We're going to eulogize Dan <laughs> in one app. Um, yeah, next one. Can't let go. He won't take me back when I come around. Says he's sorry, then he puts me out. I got a big chain around my neck, and I'm broken down like a train wreck. Well, it's over. I know it, but I can't let go. Um, bit of a bop. All right, well, I said, you, did you like this one? Uh, I didn't like this. Okay. I mean, I didn't like it lyrically to be honest, but I thought sonically, although it's actually a bit of a bop, isn't it, mate? Be honest. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a bop, but okay. after everything that I've been hearing on this album, the last thing I wanted was a bloody bop. You know what I mean? <laughs> really? Because I thought it was a, a real knee slapper and straight away, <laughs> I was, I was, uh, which is fitting. I was transported to like a lit up barn full of heel spurs and wife beaters. And I, I picture like me, you, yeah. Earl Jones, eight buds deep, Arm in arm, swinging our 10-gallon hats around, uh, sort of belting out Lucinda's name and <laughs> sort of just admitting to each other previously, you're all right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're all right. <laughs> and it's definitely the alcohol talking. Um, <laughs> but Carnot goes into the background. <laughs> she brought us together, man. <laughs> you know what I actually like? I love this tune. Oh, my God. I never thought we'd connect over this. You're actually really nice, mate. <laughs> I really love spending time with you. We should go out more. How about lunch tomorrow? Do you know this was a cover? Uh, I know. It, I, I didn't even if it. it is, like, I, this is the B-side of the uh, of the record. Oh, if yeah. You, if you, so and Lake Charles kicks off the B-side. on the, vi- Lake the Charles vine. kicks off the B-side. Well, no, I but it's the this. end of the first. This, Sorry, you're right. Yeah, this, this kicks, kicks off, off the yeah. B-side, which you, you literally flip the album. Yeah. As a vinyl. And it becomes a breakup album. Yeah, it change, it's a change in tone. Um, for me, it kicks off the weaker side of the album. I totally agree. And I feel like this is one of the tracks that's just like, takes away from everything that's... But I don't, I don't think you can take away from everything that's no, been no, previously no. But, talked about. But you about can just here. admit that some things don't hit. It doesn't hit as well. This no. would fit on lyrically uh, on Red. Yeah, it sadly. would. It would. And also like... A lot of this album, obviously, it's it's it was made in '98. It's gonna sound dated, but this is particularly buying into the <laughs> whole like dated sound. Yeah. Like it sounds like, right, boys, we need a hit. Yeah, yeah. Get me out the, the bloody lead single. This was the, the lead single, guitar. by the way. Did you know? Was it? Yeah. See that? I don't. I'm not too much of a fan of. I know, but you can tell um, why. You yeah, know you what, can. You, you know can. What I mean, and it's quite interesting actually because she. I don't. I did we? No, we didn't talk about this at the beginning. But she had like terrible luck with labels. Mm. So she, I didn't know this. when she had her first release, which was, I think, 10 or 15 years before this, the label went bust immediately as they released it. So they couldn't promote her music. So it just got lost. So then she did two albums, which are like compilational cover albums, which didn't get much attention on why. like smaller label releases. And then this was the actual, the first album that actually got her like, she obviously got the Grammy nomination yeah, for amazing. it. She got like, you know, nationwide recognition Basically, from this album. International recognition. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think maybe the mindset was like, right, 
We need a fucking hit. <laughs> we need a hit for They're this panicking one. Panicking, not in the studio. Oh, bin that Lake Charles shit. We're not <laughs> having that as the lead single. Clive, who? <laughs> She's he's dead, Lucinda. We uh, get it. Oh, okay. No, okay. Oh, no. Cut that. Right, if you are Clive. You know, <laughs> if you're uh, Clive's relatives, email in, email in, and we'll get Dan off the show immediately. Um, uh, should we move on? Yeah, um, I lost it. I get a yee-haw on this one. It's pretty easy. Two basic steps. Yee. Is yee? High-pitched, loud as hell. Right. Yee. The haw. <laughs> That's to be like you just smashed your schnuts and door jam. Could you translate schnuts? <laughs> Brits, please. And the end product should be something like... Uh... That is exactly how I felt listening to this track. Um... It's like it's. I'll tell you what. It's a weaker track. I tell you that. I back you on that. Um, it. Uh, it's like one of those tracks. It's like I've had enough. Kind of throwing my toys out the pram tube. Like, <laughs> like for her. Like Slumber. lyrically, it's like you know I'm sick of life. I'm sick of money. Yeah, man. Stuck in the loop. Emo. Yeah, Lucinda Williams goes emo on this one, <laughs> and, and like, she you lost. See my out. chemical romance cover. You know, she lost out. Um, for I think it was performance of the year. Was it of this one or the last one? Oh no, la- la- the last one was yeah, yeah. Uh, nominated lost for the best female rock to vocal performance. Another rock vocal the performance that we will be covering really? in within the next t- ten songs. I think it's um, Drake. Take Moretti. Care. Oh, Mori- <laughs> I, I like someone. I don't. I don't know much about her. Yeah, I think it's like Ennis. Okay, okay. Ennis Morizetti. Rings a bell. She got that real emo vibe. And uh, <laughs> Lucinda was like, I need, to, I need to play up to that on this track. Yeah. Um, Does it hit? Not really. Doesn't it land. doesn't. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, I didn't really particularly like it. I thought, oddly, I thought the melody and the instrumentation didn't match the lyrical content. I, I, I listened to it once and I just thought it was pretty bang average. And then I turned the music off and read the lyrics and I, I, I thought it was quite a beautiful poem. I've got the lyrics here. Uh, I think I lost it. Let me know if you come across it. Let me know if I let it fall. Along a back road somewhere. Money can't replace it. No memory can erase it. And I think it's 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 not like mind-blowing, but I think it's quite yeah. beautiful. It invokes the sort of the loss of something important to someone. Uh, I thought I'd re-listen to the song because I was, wasn't quite sure that I'd listen to that song because it didn't fit. Mm. No, but it was it was it was totally the right the right song, and it had all these like upbeat melody styles, sort of twangy country sound, um, another kind of bop, and I didn't like the I did they didn't mesh. No, no. For me, just a quick fact check: it's Alanis Morissette. Cheers, mate. Uh, <laughs> that we'll be covering in the next ten albums. You've so. saved a lot of our reputation. With yeah, that. yeah. For any listeners that are listening to this, so when me and Dan listening back to this episode. Um, <laughs> We'll, we'll Cutting remember. out all the uh, <laughs> all the crap. <laughs> um, right, all the uh, crud. Let's oh swear jar, mate. We've got a swear jar in the podcast yeah, studio. Crud is the correct term for so this, we can uh, get so we can get bloody advertisements. <laughs> Blown it there. Um, uh, metal firecracker. 
It's the next one. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think, mate? Um, now, this one is about um, something that we discussed last week on Taylor Swift Red, a seminal piece. Sorry. Drink. A seminal piece Red. I'm going to have a swig of rum. Okay, mate. Well, it's going to be um, dead air, so I'll just uh, talk over this. Up. Back to you. Um, <laughs> she um, She was talking about this feeling of I love going cold before you wanted it to go cold. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yawn. <laughs> yawn, but not yawn because oh. I feel like Taylor's given that whole theme a bad name for us. <laughs> I feel like we've gone into <laughs> any... I, th- I feel like we will always go into a love song from now on I, I after I, analyzing I, you know, Taylor Swift that. with the same mindset of being like, this is trash. It's generic. Yeah, and, it's and done before. Love songs aren't trash. They're just... It was just so poorly done yeah, 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 on that yeah. last album. Yeah, this one, um, I thought was really, really good. There's one part in it, which is the chorus, um, where the, this harmony comes in, which is like, uh, she's like, all I ask. And there's someone like harmonizing over the top. It's like, I think it's a guy. Yeah. And he's like in his falsetto voice. And he's and it just sounds so good. It sounds so good. Nice. And it's like really pained. It's almost light body-esque. Um, <laughs> And uh, I think it suits the the pain you feel in that chorus really suits the way that this whole song is built up because she's saying like um, let's waste time chasing cars. Yeah, yeah, in that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that, exactly like that. Actually, yeah. Um, she she talks. She says in the chorus something like um, like don't tell anybody whatever I told you, mm-hmm. or like don't tell them all my secrets. Like right. this feel of like being really vulnerable, like knowing that you've told everyone everything about you. And uh, now that they're gone out of your life, they could just use that information totally, to totally. do whatever. Um, and that comes after she's in the first two verses, she's been like painting out this like character of her being like a really strong woman. Like the lines are like, um, you, I called you my lover. You call me your biker. Yeah. Like, um, like a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he like adored her. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. was so in love with her. Well, I've got a lyric that, that yeah, go on, works go on. perfectly with that. It's once I was in your blood and you were obsessed with me. It's like this sort of powerful. Yeah, it's like visceral. Like, yeah, it yeah, really like, is just like she's dominating you. She knows that she's well aware that she's got this power over him. Yeah, yeah. And it's that is that is it's 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 not common. Um, no, in too many. Um, too many love songs. They they're normally more vulnerable than that. But I yeah, quite yeah. Like I, the th- twist. Well, I feel like when you when you are talking about love in a love song, you do have to often come from a position of vulnerability. Like you're not you're not turning around and being like, oh, he loves me. All this because it's just like really insincere. It feels really selfish. It does, but, but it like doesn't the in way, this song. The way that she like, I think the reason it doesn't is because like she has this like bravado, like um. Oh, he loves me. Um, and he's obsessed with me. But then in the chorus, it's like, please don't tell anyone what I've told you. Like, I, I miss you, all this kind of yeah. stuff. It's like it's two, it's two sides. Two, an exterior and an interior. And I just thought it was really, 
well written. Yeah, so it's called Metal Firecracker because it references um, the nickname that she and her band gave their huge metal tour bus. And Didn't this, this affair was actually with the bassist from her band. Really? Yeah. And it only lasted the length of the tour. It was like a year long. Um, and I think uh, it almost reflects... And she feels deep. I know, I know. It almost reflects... Shut up. Uh, <laughs> 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 you hear me say, I know, I know. I'm telling Ben to shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, uh, it almost reflects, like, she's obviously, he's a backup player. You know what I mean? And she's dominating him. She's the lead singer. Oh, come you know? on, Dan. Dan. <laughs> right, I, he's just... Right. I just came up with you that, have but just, I kind of You've just it. told me to stop on my um, rant about love and deep feelings. For, for you to tell me that he was a backup player for that reason, she's dominating him. Yeah, it's maybe oh, he reflects it. Spare it, mate. Spare it, mate. Fuck you off. Should, you right. should be on the bloody top 200 list, not the top 100. <laughs> We're going to get a new guest well, on my league. Formula 2. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's not get Nicky uh, Mazepin. That's, uh, that's a reference if anyone's an F1 fan. Uh, <laughs> the, the, cross, the cross section that is MBDLF fans and, and F1, uh, fans, F1 yeah. fans. Shout out Fred Pook, uh, Ben <laughs> King, Tom ben Harley King. and Weber. Um, okay. um, Greenville. Greenville. Okay, so Greenville for me was o- was okay. Um, okay. <laughs> um, it's also got the first and only feature uh, on yeah. the album. Gary Lightbody. She's joined by Emmy Lou Harris, and <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, Emmy Lou was a, a love interest character on um, the Harrison Ford and uh, Daniel Craig film Cowboys vs Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Emmy Lou, oh, there's aliens out door, Emmy Lou. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the funny thing is, is that um, uh, she did actually write the, the score for Cowboys versus Aliens, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Um, yeah, and uh, on Genius, they said that her crystalline voice um, complemented Williams's gritty wail. But I'll be honest, mate, I think it just sounded like a grandma dubbing over their grandkids' TikTok. <laughs> She's, her voice is so fragile. It's yeah. like a strong gust of wind would knock her out. I feel like she came into the studio. Shit, Emmy Lou's in the studio. The aircon's on 10. <laughs> Turn it down. Like, she's that fragile and insignificant on the song. It doesn't work. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm, to be honest, I'm, so sorry, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to remember the uh, Emmy Lou feature on this, and I can't. Uh, which uh, kind of sums up how it was. Um, um, for me, this track, for me, simple ballad form. Yeah, you know, you got your verse refrain, refrain at the end of every, um, at the end of every um, stanza. Yeah, right. Okay, haiku. I need to do. Some, I need to down. <laughs> start reading more. Yeah, um, and. I felt like it was a, it was for the first time in this album. I felt this was filler. The first you know word that came to filler. mind, and you know, me and Dan, we use we, that a lot. We actually love filler. We we both 
when we're listening to an album, we are actually looking out for the filler because we love to discuss how poor the filler is. <laughs> I wouldn't say this was poor filler. As far as filler goes, it's like... It's, it's cream of the crop. It's kind of like honey roast ham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yes. seasoned filler. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. But um, um, I just felt like there was no real direction in the song. It didn't feel like it was going anywhere apart from to bloody Greenville. Uh, there was more sort of... I mean, what it kind of it odes back to car wheels on a gravel road mm. slightly in like it's also stro- strong themes of like southern angst and alcoholism. Some of the lyrics are yeah, empty bottles and broken glass, busted down doors and borrowed cash. It's just very striking imagery that's so of what Lucinda is trying to purvey in this album. Uh, but I don't think it really particularly impressive or no. Or, I think it's yeah. one of the weak ones. But one thing I did like about it because <clears throat> uh, I, I think we had it with the band as well. There was a couple of tracks on the band record, which um, had like this ballad form. But the thing with this one is, is that there is this kind of buildup of instrumentation that you don't get on a, on the band record uh, that keeps a sort of interesting side to the ballad. It keeps you interested because yeah. each verse, there is this buildup of tension. It never gets any release, but in the end, it does add something to the track, which makes it a bit more interesting. But I wouldn't say it was my favorite track. I no, wouldn't say filler. it was the most memorable. It's filler. Yeah, it's, it's filler. It's I, it's my favorite. Speaking filler. of filler, this might be even worse than filler. Right. Still, track, I long for your kiss. <laughs> track nine. Track nine. One, um, I'm going to go with awful DJ Seinfeld-esque <laughs> name on this one. Um, That's so true. Uh, I d- yeah, this uh, dip quality. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why it's in here. There's no need for the song, to be honest. She's already sort of mentioned these um, these uh, topics on the, fir- the intro track, mm. but just on a way b- deeper level. Like... Writing times about longing, and on here she's got these really awful, lazy, the double entendres. Yeah. Um, I go downtown. I mean, oh wow, you're walking downtown. Oh, also sexually, you know. Yeah. She's better yeah. than that. I, from what I've gathered from the album, she is anyway. I was disappointed. I I don't have many notes on this one, but I just felt for me this kind of, I was I was beginning to worry. Because <laughs> I was like listening to this, the like second the half first, does make you worry slightly. The first five or six tracks of this album are like fuck. They're fucking great. Yeah, they're brilliant tracks. Like swearing quite a lot. Oh, sorry, <laughs> ruddy great. Cruddy. They're cruddy. Oh, ruddy, great. Ruddy's better. <laughs> yeah, you know, drop a pound in the swear jar. <laughs> um, they're great. Yeah. Um, and following on from that, ever since the B side side, it's like up and down. It's this up and down. This one's yeah. a bloody. This one's a low. It's a downer. This one's a low. Yeah. Um, because you're taking a downer um, to listen to Palm's tracks. This one's a downer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is DJ uh, Seinfeld. Yeah, DJ Seinfeld yeah. is absolutely, he's rolling in his grave. He's alive. He's alive. So that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but felt this was pretty poor. Um, so there's an all right guitar solo in it. I know it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I actually like the next 
guitar solo in the next track. Enjoy. Enjoy. Let's skip on. Maybe it was me and for some fun, my joy. I'm gonna go to Slidale and look for my joy. Go to Slidale and look for my joy. Maybe it's Slidale, I find my joy. Maybe it's Slidale, I find my joy. Joy opens. Yeah. Sounds like a banger. Mm hmm. What do you think? I personally thought it sounded like a gritty southern version of something that Alt J would write. Uh, honestly, like the, the vocal inflections and the repetition of joy. Yeah. Um, I can't remember how they go, but um, yeah, I, I quite like this song. I think it's kind of, it sounds 90s, but it also sounds uh, different. I don't know how that sounds yeah. awful, waffle, but no, no, yeah, no, I, I quite enjoy it. Do you think it sounds dated, or do you yes, think it's it sounds? I think I think it's dated. But do you still there's think there's potential it sounds... for it not to be? Right. Because I think the old J. It sounds like an old J song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen to it, listeners. Yeah. See if you agree. Email in. Mypeopledarlistfantasy@gmail.com. Um. Yeah. What about you, mate? Um. My first note is I like the panning in this one. Me and Dad have me and Dad have previously had a discussion about uh, my love for panning. <laughs> to this um so that's quite fitting um but for all you non-panners out there don't listen to this track because it sounds racist it's <laughs> yeah for all you pansexual <laughs> um no i thought this was um i thought this was meant to be one of those other ones i wouldn't be surprised if this was released as a single trying to go as a single it was i'm pretty sure it sounds it was, so yeah. singly it's so singly surprised if yeah. it wasn't but it was one of the weaker tracks for me. I think I think the problem is with tracks around this time is when you're releasing a single, right, around then, there is no streaming services. So when you're putting out a single, it's going on radio you and that's the, the only place it's going. Yep. So what is going to make radio? I'll tell you what isn't going to make radio. It's Lake Charles. But True. this actually might make radio. Yeah. But the I difference is easily making radio. now you can release a single um, that could be a ballad and it could get repeat after repeat after repeat on Spotify. No need to hit radio. You, there's no need for it to be a radio hit. there's different emotions you can hit. No one wants to hear Lake Charles. Exactly. But if maybe you do want to hear Lake Charles. Yeah, there's so many playlists yeah. that that fits into exactly. that you could you could make it a single out of. But with this one, it was made to... I feel like it was made to be the single or yeah. a single on, the, on a single. the record. Um, like it's got a rocking guitar solo in it. Yeah. But... I'm getting stay, stay, stay vibes from the joy, joy, joy from the repetition of joy. Like, oh, Taylor, um, leave us alone. Fuck. Um, I've I've got one kind of how I feel about this track. This is the track I want playing when I'm hitting a high score on Bucking Bronco after breaking up with my girlfriend. Like you know, when you first go to the to the bar, yeah, 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 deep in Louisiana after your girlfriend's just dumped you, and you're like, I'm getting on Bucking Bronco tonight, and I'm getting a new high score. That is exactly the track I want playing in the background. Yeah, um, real banger. It is. It does. It does. Uh, it does slap. As far as as far as as much as these type of songs slap to me personally, yeah. there isn't a lot. It's waffle um, there. Uh, well, um, I mean, you know, what I mean by that is the country and country alternative rock mm. like this doesn't really hit with me on any kind of, kind of level like that. Um, let's move on because that is just drivel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> final track. Final track. Jackson. Once I get 
I really like this one. This is... Uh, this Saved uh, it almost. Drop a pound in the swear jar. It's a fucking brilliant song. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's so good. Isn't it? Yeah. It's, it, it might actually be my favourite song discovered yeah. from doing this podcast. Really? Already? Yeah. I mean, I'm not... I, I, so far, obviously, I, with, I, with, four, with three I albums. Struggle, I struggle to think of um, any others that match it. I, I actually totally agree with you. It's brilliant. That's yeah. It's beautiful... It's raw. There's so much to say about it. They are, it's it's incredible. Go yeah. on, you you hit me. Okay. Well, one thing that um, I picked on straight away when the lyrics was, she actually uses the same um, throughout the song. She's talking about reaching. It's all about moving on, not just emotionally, but locationally. And um, she mentions these towns, Lafayette and Baton Rouge. One of the lyrics was, "Once I get to Lafayette." I'm not going to mind one bit. Mm. Um, similar one with Baton Rouge. And those are the same places that she went to with Clive on Lake Charles. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Um, I, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. And that is just... Amazing, isn't it? I, it's, I just felt like a bit of a twang yeah. in my heart. It's, it's just added a bit more to that. To yeah. That once song. I get to Baton Rouge, I won't cry a tear for you. Um, it adds to like... Uh, and sort of the way that uh, Lake Charles sort of precurses the heartbreak um, B-side of the album. This sort of brings it full circle back to the, the first half yeah. of the album, which is the better side. And it, it just shows her, it also the, throughout is showing her, mutur- uh, her maturity. It's like this hardened lover, someone who's at peace with the stages of grief <clears throat> and heartbreak, which is which run throughout the album. And she's well aware that the pain is off too, off, too often the dancing partner of love. It's what I wrote, that is waffle. But um, <laughs> she also, the time always heals. Just like she says, once I get to Lafayette, once yeah. I get there, she knows that I'm not going to mind one bit. It's yeah. just beautiful. I think it's the, out of all the albums we've listened to so far, I mean, we've we've had closing tracks like... Um, Begin Again. Begin, uh, Again. Begin Again. And, and what was the track I on? Shall Be Released. I Shall Be Released. Which is okay. This track was the most all-encompassing perfect way to close this album i felt like it, totally. it first of all it 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 was so far detached from the previous three or four songs which was a relief to any who's anyone who's listening because <laughs> this this the first half of this album was incredible and the second half was a bit weak yeah but this kind of brings it up to par because this song was probably one of the stronger tracks on the album yeah um <clears throat> but I felt just the fact that it was so focused on location, which has been such an important part of her life and it, and such an important part of the journey of this album. You almost feel like you're the, the, the backseat driver as she drives you through the south of America. Yeah, in a car wheels on a gravel road. And in the car wheels on a gravel road and yeah. takes you through. And this is like, you know, you've got half an hour left before you arrive at your location sort yeah. of thing. Like, it's like... Yeah, it's, oh, it's coming to that ending point. And the first of all, the the vocal line is almost like exactly like West Virginia. Yeah. You know. West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Old Trafford anthem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. huge, huge, charming, <laughs> huge um, song in Old Trafford. 
Which means it's close to our hearts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, close well, to yours. I'm, it's not sung in White Hart Lane. <laughs> um, but for me, I just felt this was the perfect way to round off the album with these this like sense of you can't find home anywhere, but you find home in the fact that you're like traveling around and the fact that you can... Yep. You can you find purpose in the in your movement between these places that she's gone through in this album. It's the, the rootlessness offset with exactly it's the rootlessness home. and the fact that all these places she travels through. I mean, you've mentioned a couple there with like um, her boyfriend. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fact that those places hold a certain revel- relevance to her makes when she travels through them, however fleeting they are, it makes them so much more significant. You know what I mean? It's like all these places hold a certain reverence to her. Um, and I just thought the fact that this was the last track on the album really rounded off so that sick. whole theme. Really sick. Made it so clean, so clear yeah. what she was trying to say. Um, and it made me think, right, this is number one. Plus, I need to tell <laughs> everyone I know about this album because yeah, this is it's brilliant. Really it's good. brilliant. It's really, it's really good. I'm so glad we listened to it, mate. Because I am. We'd never am have listened well. to this, would we? I would not have I would not have touched this and I also went into it with the mindset of being like I'm not going to enjoy this and I really yeah found myself like it's really hard if you think like if you if someone told you go and listen to this Taylor Swift album for example <laughs> and your first mindset would be like oh I'm not going to like this yeah it's really hard for someone to musically down. to turn you mid listen into a fan Yes. into someone who actually likes the music when you've got a preconception of something. And she's done it so well that this album will stay with me for right. a long time, I think. Let's do so. Final thoughts. That was yeah. You've given a little bit of yours there. Yeah. I'll just give a bit of mine. So, um, do you do favourite track, actually? Let's do favourite track first. Um, favourite track for me, it's Jackson. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Jackson too. Uh, maybe second to Car Wheels. I love Car Wheels as well, which is the title track. It's for me. It's either Lake Charles or Jackson. Yeah, nice. And then least favorite track, I've got Can't Let Go. I've got um, I Lost It. <laughs> but it's, that's that's the ropey part of the album. Yeah, it is, both it, those tracks. The fact that those tracks are like so close in proximity to each yeah, other, yeah, like yeah. kind of sums up the way the album goes. Yeah, I actually, I, you know, I also love Right in Time, the first tune. Also sick. Yeah. Um. I just, I just think Jackson beats it because it, no, it just, oh, it just rounds the album off so beautifully. Yeah. So final thoughts, right? Um. I mean, I preferred the first half. I think we both admit to that. Yeah. Um. And it threatens at, at points, uh, to become, uh, sort of just another relatable heartbreak album. Um. But then. It, Given the fact she was 45, which I didn't really yeah. realize until you actually said at the beginning of the album, you can see the aspects of maturity that she adds to songs like Jackson and um, Late Charles. Um, it just makes it such a, a rich, sort of engrossing album to listen to. So even yeah. for a 23-year-old guy from um, sort of the Midlands, <laughs> relating to <laughs> this Midlands. southern... <laughs> somewhere, shows me. Um, yeah. Relating to this sort of docs hardened 45 <laughs> year old really talented woman yeah. who's lived a completely rootless life but has found home through music and love yeah i oh, wow dan 
Yeah. Uh, that was that was the first bit of non-waffle I've heard in a while from you. Thank God. Um, I felt like this album made me want to be a uh, a wayward soul, yeah. you know, to to embrace, um, uh, like a this feeling of not having a home, of of going on the road and 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 just moving about and and finding stories to tell people that you meet in a bar in the middle of nowhere you know it's inspiring what I mean? to, yeah, to make it, you want to travel it it is it is and it's not like it's not like she's a bloody like uh hostile promotion campaign <laughs> like she she genuinely that just the story she tells makes you so like uh intimate with like humans like meeting people that random people on the road um and Forming these incredible relationships. The character she builds in her songs. Literally, that she fleshes out in her songs yeah. so well. Um, I absolutely loved this. Yeah. I thought it was incredible. Bar about three or four songs, which I think means it's ranked lower on the list on, on the Rolling Stones. Because if... if Yeah. On the uh, Pitchfork um, list, I think if... The, if Rolling Stone. If, if there was... Get <laughs> it <laughs> right, mate. Um... Yeah, Rolling Stone. If you want to email in, <laughs> we actually want to start up some some conversation <laughs> with you. Yeah, we've got some problems. But um, I felt like two or three tracks on this album took it away from the top fifty. Yeah, I can totally agree. I see that. Like it was that good. It was that well communicated. It's probably that influential. Like I think when I listen to this album, like I think of like some great songwriters the past like five years. I think of like Phoebe Bridges, who probably yeah. takes a lot of influence from this kind of stuff. And she actually did mention in an interview no way. that Lucinda Williams was one of her inspirations. Amazing. I hadn't even heard of Lucinda Williams, but the, like, I've and heard of Phoebe The Bridges, fact like, that that recently, is so yeah. closely tied in this day and age, like that kind of songwriting sums up how impactful it is. Um, so for me, yep. it goes number one. Number one on mine as it well. Goes it goes number one. one on my list. It does. And Rolling Stone. What would you give us out of 10? Um, I'd give it. I'll just. I'll give it an eight. I'd give it an eight. I give it a strong eight. Strong eight as a well. Strong, strong eight. eight. I, Let down slightly. It's a shame. Because it's not flawless. I can't give it too much higher. I feel like if this if this album was made fifteen years later, without then the it need would have to... been a ten out of ten album because they. Yeah. I feel like the tracks that are weaker, the ones that they needed to get onto the radio to get onto the Grammy list, probably. Literally, yeah, like if, if this wouldn't have had singles that were radio playable it wouldn't have made it onto the Grammys list. Yeah. So I feel like obviously it complements it in the way that it did make it relevant to the pot, to the mainstream. Yeah. But it did take away from it. Yeah. In the way that this could have been basically an eight track album and probably one of the best so of all sick. time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I still love crazy. it. Thank you, it's Lucinda. Crazy. Cause I mean, I've really enjoyed listening to this album. Yeah. Um, should we wrap it up? What are we wrapping it up with? Uh, with a bye bye. Are we wrapping it up with a rendition of um, of Jackson? <laughs> You've had too much run, uh, mate. Yeah, uh, right. Thank you. Join us next week. Yeah. For the next episode of My Beautiful Dark Listed Fantasy. I was kind of intrigued, but thought I was going to read one kind of Metallica next week. It was really pleasant. Yeah, with a guest, by the way. Sort of Tune in. Western gag was in the title and great script. I'd love to see this movie. IGN is going to give Cowboys and Aliens three and a half stars out of five.